Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We are all getting tattoos more and more throughout the seasons, obviously. And so by the end, all the girls had to come in like a half hour earlier. Me especially because, you know, all over my arms, very visible. So I was in a half hour before. So if everybody was called at 530 in the morning, I was at five. It was just one of those things, right? Like we were growing up on the show. We <laughs> wanted to cut our hair. So people come in and not ask. And you're like, you just shot this. <laughs> this is still the same episode. Your hair is no longer there. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles! Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos! We Ooh. hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. When you think of Kirby Johnson and you think of things that I am obsessed with and I'm a fanatic of, what are some things you think of? Britney Spears of. Correct. NSYNC of. Yes. That whole era. Yes. Of. True crime. Yes. Quinn, Patrick. Yes. yes. Glee. Yes. Yes. You forgot Halloween. So, sorry, Halloween, obviously. Disney. Right. You were so close. You got everything you said was correct. Okay. So that's <sighs> great. Okay. That being said, as you all can imagine, I was literally texting Sarah when we found out that Jenna Ushkowitz was coming on the podcast. And I'm like, I don't think I should be on this podcast. Like, I think it should be a conversation between Jenna and Sarah. And I can just <laughs> like produce from the background and like not say a effing word because I didn't want to embarrass myself because I'm such a huge fan. Y'all, Glee is life. I fucking love the show so much. You don't even understand. I am one of those people who will like argue with you about whether or not original song is better than the Glee version. And there is nary, nary an original song that's better than the Glee version. I'll tell you that much. Ooh. Yeah. My that's drop. like spoken like a true Gleek. The amount of Glee songs that I have on my phone before I had Spotify, okay? So it's like a true fan buying 99 cents yeah. iTunes <laughs> singles of like Don't Fucking Stop Believing, okay? Somebody to Love, Safety Dance, Safety Dance, True Colors, incredible. There are so many. All the mashups. My favorite mashup is when the girls did Start Me Up, Living on a Prayer. It's chef's kiss. My dream would be to have like a Glee-themed birthday party and like all the girls come out and perform that song for me. So someone make that happen. <laughs> okay. It's embarrassing. Noted. 
It's like, I love it so much. Anyways, Jenna is on the podcast today because Sarah is actually friends with Jenna. This is like going to turn into a podcast where you're friends with all these famous people and I'm just like the <laughs> no, lowly fangirl in the background. Like Kristen Bell loves Sarah. Okay. Jenna knows Sarah. I'm just like fanning in the background, literally like, pick me, pick me. I want your autograph. And Sarah's like, bitch, we're going to lunch. Let's do this. First of all, you are friends with very many famous people. And <laughs> I just so happen to be friends with Jenna. And she's like one of like two famous people. I'm friends with the other one being Allie Mackey, who is the one who introduced me to Jenna. Incredible famous people. Which we should also have on the podcast. I am not at the level at all of a Glee fan as you are. <laughs> I did watch Glee when I was out. I did love her character. I did love Jenna. But like she's just so down to earth and so chill. And you'll like get that vibe from listening to this interview with her that like you kind of forget she's as famous as she is. Taurus vibes. She's an earth sign. We get the Taurus vibes. We get the grounding. You didn't drop that during the interview. <laughs> no, but as y'all will listen, you will like laugh because Jenna's like, you know me, Kirby. I'm like, yeah, basically I could do your whole entire biography on this podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're going to write it for her. Yeah, I'm going to be her ghostwriter because she had a book. It was like kind of a biography, but kind of like finding glee. You know what I mean? Like play on the glee thing. Okay. So Jenna is on the podcast. If you're not familiar with her, she was Tina Cohen Chang, notably in Fox's comedy drama, Glee. <laughs> if you have not done a Glee rewatch and you watched it many years ago, that now was the time. Maybe I'll watch it with Zoe. Because, like, she won't get it, but she'll enjoy the music. Yeah, get her musically inclined by listening to Glee. Jenna, though, has been doing this for a really long time. Obviously, I feel like Glee is what shot her into superstardom. But she had been, like, modeling and acting as, like, a, a small child at, like, the age of three or something. So she's known for her performances in Broadway musicals like The King and I and Waitress and obviously Glee. I think something that a lot of people may not know or realize about her is that she's a producer. She's a Tony Award winning producer of the Broadway musical Once on this Island, which is an incredible story that I highly recommend. But she's on the pod today because she recently got married. She recently Yay. got married. She's now Jenna Stanley. And she debuted her big day exclusively on Brides Digital. Brides rolled out their first ever digital launch and she was the main focus. So you can go and see everything about her wedding there and we will definitely link it on the website. But she's talking kind of like about wedding prep, what she did. I think she has some really great tidbits and pieces of advice to share. And then, of course, we did get into the glee of it all. We did. We did. You we know had to. We had to. Kirby Allison Johnson was not about to let her walk away without asking a few glee questions. So, Sarah, thank you for making this happen because Sarah booked Jenna, making my glee dreams come true. Literally, like, now I'm going to be like, okay, Amber's next. Diana Agron's next. Like, we are getting every person. Kevin McHale. Kevin, come on. Artie was my favorite character. Sounds like you need, like, a side glee podcast. I think I actually need help. That's what I really need. No, no, no. <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> Instead of therapy, people have podcasts. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Literally taking the words out of my mouth. Enjoy this episode with Jenna and we will talk to you on Tuesday. Basically, we've been like dreaming of getting this guest on 
since like the beginning of Los Angeles. I had the opportunity of meeting her at an Asian American Girl Club event. And since then, we have just bonded over our Asianness and our love of French Bulldogs. And then, you know, Kirby has been a lifelong fan. So this has been a long time coming. And what better time to have you on than after your wedding so we can talk all bridal beauty. Without further ado, here is... Jenna Ashkowitz! <laughs> Hi, guys. That. Jenna, I truly am not just, like, blowing smoke up your ass when I say this. Like, I am a huge fan. I am so excited. I was, like, telling everybody last night that I was going to get to interview you with Sarah. We, like, had this big bonding moment over Glee. Started watching Glee, obviously, when it came out, like, first episode, mm-hmm. May right. 2009, right? And I had just moved to L.A. So it's, like, mm. that was, like, my comfort show. It was, like, the show that I watched when I the first week I got here. Glee, it was so good. And then there were moments where For you were, sure. like, what the fuck? But you still loved it. <laughs> we're right there with you, you know? exactly yeah you've like mentioned that too like there are some moments where you're thinking what the hell's going on here I've been doing a glee rewatch during COVID okay and like it really (laughs) brings back the feels I like fully cried at many an episode can we just talk about this like (laughs) the coach beast storyline oh I know it's just so good kills me every time anyways I just need you to know You are integral to my L.A. experience. Oh, well, thank you. You were the moment for me when I first moved out here. So that's really sweet. That's very sweet. (laughs) I'm honored. It's funny, you know, being so out of it for so long now, like we're all really close, but you kind of forget the impact that the show had. Right. Like you kind of move on to the next thing that, you know, impacts the world in a different way. And just gleaming on streamers now it's like there's a whole new slew of fans that have come that were too young to watch it back in the day so it's been really interesting yeah the gen zers are like they love to talk about mr shoe they're confused by mr shoe very much so (laughs) the for you page on my youtube is literally like 10 minutes of mr shoe being problematic and creepy yeah creepy yeah it's like wild some things don't age well you know um, from the show as many things don't you know anymore so that's like any tv show from like literally before the year 2020 honestly the office the office is like so cringe so cringe you love it but it's like problematic as hell you know yeah friends yeah (laughs) friends sex in the city you're like where are all the people of color like where yeah you're like that wouldn't fly now yeah truly totally truly but like you were such an icon for Asian women because we are actually seeing ourselves on screen whether you knew that or not or whether you wanted to be that person or not like that was huge Mm. I'm sure you get it all the time but that's so nice thanks we could go on and on about how much we love you yes truly Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, you're talented, you're hot, <laughs> you have like the nostalgia factor that really reigns us back in, you know, to our early aught days. So we love you. We want to kick this episode off with a question, which is, what is on your face? Okay, so I have been using the Ollie Glow face mask. Oh. I have also been using 
the SkinCeuticals Brightening Defense Sunscreen, because obviously summer, if you're not putting sunscreen on in the morning, are you even doing it right? And what else do I use? I'm pretty minimalist with my makeup. Here's the funny part. Like you get sent amazing, amazing skin products. Like every day, right? You're like, oh, another sustainable vegan product that's cruelty-free that like, you're like, yes, world you can't try all of them because then your face breaks out. So I'm pretty purist. I actually use Curology morning and night for my breakouts. It's really great and convenient. And I'm also using Kate Somerville's DLO oil, vitamin C serum from my skin doctor, I'll call her Dr. K. She's beauty by Dr. K. Yes. I mean, those are just some of the things that I use to like maintain my skin every day. That's kind of the thing. I don't wear a ton of makeup all the time. So it's really about maintenance. Jenna, so you mentioned Botox and injectables. Like, do you think that injectables should be shared as like a part of a skincare routine? <laughs> I don't know about a skincare routine, but I would say some yes. people might call it self-care. You know, I try not to hide anything because there's just so many filters out there that we live behind. And so it makes me feel good. It's, it's preventative. It's also tightening and and it just makes me feel really good and that's just part of my routine and you know you can't obviously judge anybody for the choices they make and what they put in into their bodies totally we love that but yeah i definitely think like it's not something that i would hide i like the transparency personally because i think sometimes like we talk about all these amazing skincare products that we use but then I mean, Sarah doesn't get injected, but like I get like Botox and I have filler and it's like people are like, oh, like your skin looks so plump. I'm like, well, I have injectable. You know what I mean? Like, right. You kind of have to disclose it all. It's important. Yeah, it is important. You're like, this thing doesn't do this to my skin. It's also this, right? Truly. Yes. I mean, I bought Botox in my masseters actually because I TMJ and I clench. But the amount that it has slimmed down my jaw as well was wild. I mean, you go back and look at photos, people are like, why do you look so different? I'm like, I swear I didn't get work done. I just got some Botox in my master's and it just changed the shape of my face. I hear you on that. Well, you look gorgeous as always. And also like me, a lash extension gal. Oh, yes. You know, the thing is, I don't like to wear a lot of makeup. It makes me feel cakey and maybe you guys have all the alternatives to that. But I like to feel as natural as possible. So you're not doing things every day. It's just kind of things you walk around with and you wake up. I love lash extensions. I cannot live without them. I mean, during COVID, I was like, when can I get my lash extensions? (laughs) I used to put lashes on every single day. I think partially because it opens up my eyes. I have zero eyelashes. So putting on makeup, it feels like I didn't even put on makeup. And then I also have microblading for my eyebrows because I have zero hair. So those two things combined make me already feel like I'm kind of set up for the day in a different way than I would be if I had no lash extensions and no eyebrows. (laughs) Just a hairless person. I feel you that obviously 100% everyone who listens to the podcast and Kirby knows. I also struggled in COVID times when I couldn't see my lash lady. I was like so bad at mascara. (laughs) I'm not good at putting on like false falsies either. So like, God bless you for being able to put them on every single day. I understand. You no, know, it's a thing. It's also just a whole 20 minutes of your day that, 100%. you know, like I just don't want to yes. do. Jenna, when did you get microbladed? 
Um, I got microbladed for the first time in 2018, and then I get a touch-up every 12 months. Okay, I was going to ask if you had your brows microbladed during Glee, because, like, I would be curious how that affects, like, being an actress working on camera. You know what I mean? Like, they often want you to be this blank palette for them to do whatever they want to do. But I feel like so many now times, like, I look, when I'm watching shows, I'm like, oh, that actress has eyelash extensions or she has microblading or whatever totally. like, it obviously you can tell like it looks natural yeah. but it's obviously been supplemented in some way right exactly you know on the show I put on I had these Revlon ones that had this sticky on them already because I just didn't like duo glue so they ordered them for me luckily and so those are the ones I would put on every day but <laughs> Tina had to cry so much they would lift. And so she'd be running in trying to like put a new set on. And if my eyes were wet, like it just was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I wish I had last sentence during the show and microblading. But here's the funny part. These things actually saved my life because not only do I love them for everyday wear, but when you're having multiple makeup artists come in and do your makeup for different shows, different events, different things, you're not always having the same person. They kind of like create what they think their eyebrows should look like on you. And so then you look like you have 15 different eyebrows and 15 different photos. But now you have a can like a little bit of a puzzle, like a canvas sketch that you can just kind of fill in instead of having 15 totally. different brows. I love that. <laughs> I got mine done really early on, Jenna. Like when it first became a thing. I remember Bella Thorne said she got microbladed. So for my job, they were like, figure out what microblading is and go get it done. (laughs) So this was maybe end of 2016 that I got it. I think like I met you like right after you had gotten it done, Kirby. I mean, it was so severe. It was like a very boxy brow. It was like black. I mean, it was out of control. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Like I looked like Groucho Marx, essentially. Like people were like making fun of me on the internet. (laughs) And I actually love them more now. It's been obviously five years, but there's still like an outline. So like when I fill in my brows, like I just have like a little canvas, a little putt, like you said, it's like a little paint by number situation. Your template, you just fill in. Yeah. I love it. So the shape is the same. You're like, I know what I'm getting. This is my face. Totally, totally. Okay, Jenna, we haven't even said it yet. Congratulations on getting hitched. What a beautiful wedding. We were like both dying, waiting for this bride's exclusive. The photos were stunning. I know. At the Lombardi house, everything looked so beautiful. But I cannot imagine what it was like. I feel like I I had like talked to you a few times during the planning of this and like you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. What was it like? Tell us what it was like planning a wedding during a pandemic. Ay, ay, ay. It was a lot. Luckily, I was not a bride that had to postpone her wedding. So I'm very lucky. We got engaged in 2020 in July and we started planning in October. It's things that you wouldn't think about otherwise, right? So people are looking at venues. It doesn't matter if it's an inside or outside venue. It's really preference. But COVID weddings, you're really looking for an alternative in case, right? They have an outdoor space if you need it. So the thing about Lombardi House that we loved so much was it's a gorgeous barn in in kind of like 
transports you out of LA, even though it's in the middle of Hollywood. It's a very strange location. And so having that, it was like being able to have the outdoor and the barn space where people felt comfortable. We had no idea if this wedding was even going to happen, but we were going to get married no matter what. So that was kind of the decision we had made, whether it's at the courthouse or we're able to do the hundred person wedding, we were going to do it no matter what. So the good thing about the venue we looked at was it could fit 20 people and still look full, or it could fit a hundred people and still look full. So it wasn't a venue or like, why did they lock this in with 10 people? So it was really stressful and really difficult. I feel for any bride and groom out there going through this right now, it's a lot. We didn't really pull the trigger until probably February or March of 2021. And we got married in July. So everything was kind of planned and on hold. And then it was like, okay, I think we're going when vaccinations started to roll out. But even, you know, the week before the wedding was when they reinstated the mask mandate. So you're going, what else is coming? Are they going to say no more, you know, big events? What's going to happen? And our wedding planners were just so amazing, just constantly positive. And because there was no other way to be, you know, they go, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. So we kind of had that. And it really made you appreciate the wedding even more. We didn't take any prisoners. Like we just were like, we're doing this exactly how we want at the exact amount of people, the exact way we want to do it, where we want to do it. Just because there's like no time for any of that anymore. Like just coming out of COVID in general, there's no time for the BS anymore. And we got that, you know, the wedding day was amazing. And obviously there were (laughs) things along the way that happened, but on the day, it was absolutely amazing. We were able to be present, see our, you know, our friends and family. It was just the right size, I think. I was able to like revel in every second of it. It wasn't like being pulled this way and that way and not being able to eat and not being able to enjoy it. It really felt like a great party. So I couldn't have be happier with how it all kind of turned out. And then with the bride's cover and everything, we were so excited. It's just, we couldn't post any photos until it came out. So I'm like dying with all of these photos and these amazing things that we wanted to share with people that we kind of had to hold off until the exclusive came out. I feel like it takes the pressure off because then you don't have to worry about like having to post it. Like you really are in the moment and you can like enjoy it. And then even right after you went on your honeymoon, like you could really just like be present because like I got married in 2016. I was like, I can't even remember. And so (laughs) I feel like it was like right around when like, I mean, Instagram obviously existed, but it was like Snapchat, Instagram. And like there was a focus on like posting, but it wasn't like stories. We had a hashtag, but it was fun. But it wasn't like I was like focused on like, oh, I need to post this. Like, oh my gosh, like I need to get the shot, all those things, which I feel like nowadays, like you just get that vibe from people's weddings sometimes. So that must've been really, really nice. And I mean, what a big reveal. Like honestly, the whole like digital issue with the like video in the middle of the story, like it was so beautifully done. Thank you. Yeah, you're totally right. We partially wanted it to obviously try to stay as exclusive as it could be on the actual day with our guests. So before brides even came to us, we had already planned to try and ask everybody to be off there. So we made a big sign actually that was printed that said, please put your phones and cameras away and enjoy this moment with us. Love Jenna and David. And truthfully, like, you know, a couple family members taking photos for themselves, all good. But like, there was not one thing on Instagram there's no photos. Like everybody was just really present. I went to this Bruno Mars concert in Vegas pre-pandemic and they take your phone and they put it in those magnetic pouches. And let me tell you, we danced so hard. 
we didn't think about our phones. We didn't think about, you know, what he was doing and how we were going to get the best Instagram shot. It was like, you're just present. Um, and that's what we got from like everybody and people really respected it. And I would highly recommend that for any, anybody, I mean, who wants that kind of intimacy. Okay. We have to talk, obviously this is Los Angeles. We want to talk about hair and makeup. So Dave Stanwell did both. (laughs) I didn't realize that he did both. Like jack of all trades over here, Dave. Oh yeah. Dave's incredible. Usually you have a focus. Especially for like a celebrity artist because they really want to like focus on one thing. Right. Well, that's the thing. He actually does as a celebrity artist focus on hair. He does mostly hair. We go back as friends pre working together and he does friends weddings only. And I had said to him, Hey, I'd really love for you to do this. And he was so willing and happy to, to be there for me. And I got ready with me and him and bear. And that was it. I love that. And it was like the nicest thing to not have this chaotic thing before the circus began. It was like, I drank a coffee. We listened to Whitney Houston. We got ready. Like I felt good and rested, but he is a magic maker. He does do makeup, but he won't do it <laughs> a lot. But we didn't even do a trial. Like, I just trust him. I was like, I want bronzy, beautiful, call it a day. He went and showed me his flat iron wave that he was like, it'll look like this. He did two, three pieces. And we were like, great, got it. See you then. He's done me for other things, though. So I obviously trust his work. I mean, ridiculous. (laughs) And that's a lot of pressure for him, though, because like you have this brides exclusive, too. (laughs) So he's like, okay, my work is literally going to be displayed all over the place if I F this up. So he was your friend (laughs) and you, you said the vibe, what, bronzy, beautiful. Did you have like any inspiration photos that you had sent him? Did you have a Pinterest board? No, I did not. (laughs) Jenna's like... Ew, gross. No. She was like, unlike Meghan Markle, I did not have a Pinterest (laughs) board. I did not do Pinterest, boo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I found two photos, one of how I wanted my hair, one of how I thought this girl looked beautiful with her makeup. But you guys, like, you have a Pinterest board and then it's on this person and it's not going to look the same on you. So the most important thing to remember was like, listen, I want it to be me. I want it to be an elevated version of what I look like every day. I do not want to look at these pictures and go like, like many carpets I've been on and been and like, what was I thinking? What, what was she doing that day? I wanted it to feel comfortable. I'm minimal anyway in my whole life and my fashion and my beauty. So to do something that doesn't feel like you, it's just, who are you doing it for then? So yeah, I did have, I had one photo I showed him and then I showed him one of my hair. I mean, he just like out of the ballpark and I think he's used to things being on carpet. So like, he was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be fun. He normally, if he does um, weddings anyway, he pushes the bridesmaids out of the room because he's like, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. But I don't think he does a ton of weddings. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like once you get to like that level of a, being celebrity hairstylist or makeup artist, like weddings, you either have to know the person on a deep level or they have to be showing you the money because weddings are <laughs> chaos and just you want to die inside a little bit when you're trying to get someone ready for someone Ugh. on their big day. So, I love that he was like, "Yeah, boo, I got you. We're good." Yeah, yeah. It was chill. I didn't, I also didn't want to go with somebody that you're like, yeah. what's <laughs> going to happen today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. We don't know. <laughs> I love that you didn't do any trials either. Like you really trusted this man's. Yes. I wonder if he was more stressed out 
like compared to like doing a not a stranger celebrity but like not a friend and doing your wedding as like a very right. close friend of yours <laughs> I would have been stressed yeah but I mean he delivered he did such a great job yeah 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 he was calm the room was set when I got there he's just such a, a gem we just chatted the whole way through and I mean I don't even remember him actually doing my makeup like it felt like he was on my hair a lot longer than he was on my makeup which is good always a good thing totally my eyelash girl actually ended up being like oh I'm going on vacation and I was like wait a second we have an appointment the day before my wedding what so we ended up having to do it five days before my wedding and I was like yeah sure <laughs> and it ended up being just fine. <laughs> she did put some extras in just in case, obviously. Yeah, it ended up being fine. I would suggest for brides out there to try extensions. Don't do it right before your wedding, but try because I cried a lot and it saved me. Like, otherwise they're just falling off. I think that's a great tip, the eyelash extensions, because then after that, most people go on their honeymoon like you did. And then you don't have to worry. Like you're having a great time and yeah. you look beautiful and natural and you still have that oomph on your eyelashes and you're good to go. I think that's a great tip. Like you have good skin. And I think sometimes it's very much if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Because like what if you had done something crazy, like did a chemical peel or like a laser or something whack and then – like it destroyed your skin barrier and caused some kind of onset acne. Like I think people are so focused on this idea of perfect skin on your wedding day where you see like zero flaws and then they end up like freezing their entire face with Botox and they, they can't even smile properly or like they have like, Ugh. Jenna, I, this, this happened to a friend and we were like, bless her heart. It's so true. No, I, I know. She makes fun of it now, but we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. I was horrified that I was going to have something Woody's Botox after <laughs> before <laughs> totally, my wedding. Totally. You really got to be careful with the Botox because like with filler, you can get it dissolved, but like Botox, you're stuck like that for a couple months. So uh, it's just time. Yeah, it's just time. Exactly. That's all you have. I got offered some skin treatments. I do every once in a while do a red light at my facial as well if I have a little yeah. bit of breakouts. So I'll add that, but that doesn't feel as intrusive as some kind of chemical peel or something that I already have sensitive skin. So Lord knows it would be a disaster. There's a time and a place for a chemical peel, y'all. Talk to your provider. They will be able to instruct you, but like let them know if you're getting married within a month. I want to talk about your nails because Brittany Boyce of Nails of LA did them. We are huge fans of Brit. Like she's freaking incredible. And her press on, glue on, like changed the game. So good. I mean, unreal. Award winning. Allure Best of Beauty Award winner. Oh yeah. She won the, an Allure Award. We're so proud of her. When you were talking with her about your nails, were you just like bridal? The vibe is bridal. Yeah. So she had been doing my gel overlays for a couple of months leading up to the wedding. And we did a week before or like the two week before we tried a color and I liked it. It was a little too pink as I kind of wore it around. So we went with something a little milkier with the actual wedding nail. But we did say, I was like bridal, I don't want them too long, just classic, pretty. But we did change the color from the trial to the actual day. And obviously, you could just like show a nail or two and go like, I love it or I hate it. So we did that. But yeah, it was pretty simple. I mean, again, I was very lucky to have all of these amazing people 
like the best at their craft to, for me to go like blind trust, here you go. Just tell me what you think is best. Cause, um, but again, my dress was so ornate. It was hand beaded. And so everything that we did, we kind of beauty wise, nail wise, we kind of played against the elegance and the romantic side of like everything else that was happening around us. Like the venue and the flowers, we did cement uh, vases just to play against what was already like, you know, so pretty and soft. And, you know, we did the same thing. So my dress was so ornate and princess like and, and elegant that we, we kind of wanted to do not the classic curl, but a little bit of a harder wave. I thought about doing a French tip actually, but like, you know, the outline that she does, I was scared of a French tip for yeah. a nail, for a bridal nail. So yeah. I didn't do it. Because you want it to remain classic. And especially like the outline that you're talking about, it does look like a more modern take on that. So then it might date the photos, you know? Totally. If you want it to be timeless. Right. And it kind of takes away from, you do so many ring photos and so many photos of your hands that like, you don't want that to be the centerpiece unless you do unless you want that to be the focal point I didn't want that so that's why everyone does the SE ballet slippers because it's just like they're (laughs) in the background it's like a good pink neutral pink it's like the go-to for the wedding yeah so I'm not married but now my whole thing is I'm gonna be doing like hand facials Uh like did Britt give you any suggestions like okay like use this cuticle oil at night for three weeks or was she just like you're good girl she was going to give me a cuticle oil and we kind of forgot. We were just like, so in like, have fun at the wedding. You know, it's such a wild time. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'll use the cuticle oil yeah. the night before the wedding. And you're like out at your rehearsal dinner. Totally. Like, no, I'm not putting cuticle oil on my fingers. But yes, I'm a dry person. I was like, don't forget to moisturize, Jenna. Don't forget. Yeah. I relate to this 100%. You know, people do Botox in their hands to take wrinkles away now. I know about hand filler. Nurse Jamie, we filmed a video at Pop Sugar about hand filler and earlobe mm-hmm. filler because you you lose volume in your earlobes. So like to plump them up. And they kind of sag, right? Yes. So if you want like a sexy earlobe again, you go get filler in your ears and then in your hands to like plump it up. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm eyeballing that. I know. I was going to say, I see that in my future. 100%. Hey, we'll touch base when we're all like 50 or 60. Let's just say 60. <laughs> Jenna, we have to talk about Glee again. What like skincare or makeup lessons did you learn on set besides these like Revlon steel lashes that you had to wear every day? Like, you know, you were in the chair all the time. What are some lessons that you like cannot forget and have taken with you from set? Yeah, I think for this in particular, being in the chair 10 months out of the year, every single day. Right. And then midday, they don't take your makeup off off and start again. They just put it on top touch-ups. So for me, it was all about, again, like setting yourself up for success, going home and really working on the foundation of your skin. I was introduced to Kogendo, the company unreal but they have this uh, exfoliating gel that you put on you rub around your face and then you know you kind of just give a little wash I use that weekly now especially for people that dry skin it's just a really good thing I also use the Kate Somerville exfoliate overnight like three times a week I like that because you're not having to like oh I have to exfoliate my skin now I just put it on before you go to bed and it does the work on set 
I also was introduced to <laughs> Mary Kay's. It's like this really, really strong moisturizer. I, I can't remember what it's called. I can get the name for you in a second. It's almost like the um, eight-hour cream from Elizabeth Arden, but it's Mary Kay. <laughs> yes, they make great products. They truly do. Underrated. If you're going on an airplane, if you are chat, you like I go to the desert and I for a weekend and I come back and I'm like, what happened? Just a full little face overnight and it's like magic in the morning. So really it was about foundations. Like I think in my twenties during the show, I started when I was twenty-three and you're you're going through your body's going through changes, you're emotionally going through a lot, you know, we were tired and so a lot of us were breaking out. So it was really about like making sure you wipe off your makeup at night, waking, making a, waking up and giving your face a nice cleanse, like simple, simple things we even forget now to do. I mean, I am crazy about it every morning, every night. But yeah, it was really about like listening to your skin, listening to your body. And again, like we had a truckload of amazing people who knew like, try this and try that. Really, it's maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Was there any one product that all of you were obsessed with on set? Like that you remember being like, this is the shit. But maybe you look back now and you're like, why did we love this so much? <laughs> Honestly, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I feel like when people ask you about Glee, you're like, it's literally been done and over with for six years. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you probably get these questions, especially from yeah. fans. Like, oh my God, remember this episode? And you're like, no, I actually don't. It's a blur. Don't, that episode did not exist to me. If it wasn't actually exactly. out in the world, I wouldn't know that it happened. You know? No, truly. You're like, I did what? <laughs> there are some episodes that I'm like, what happened in this episode? I don't remember shooting it at all. Because you're like half asleep, half awake. And, you know, you're just like going day by day. So like you leave the other last day behind and you move forward. It was such a crazy schedule. We were all getting tattoos more and more throughout the seasons, obviously. And so by the end, all the girls had to come in like a half hour earlier. Me especially because, you know, all of my arms, very visible. So I was in a half hour before with Skin Illustrator just covering my tattoos half hour before everybody else. So if everybody was called at 5.30 in the morning, I was at 5. It was just one of those things, right? Like we were growing up on the show. We <laughs> wanted to cut our hair. So people come in and not ask. And you're like, you just shot this. <laughs> this is still the same episode. Your hair is no longer there. Um, so it was just <laughs> people would buzz their hair. We cut our hair. We color our hair. Because you're just like kids, you know, you're kids. You're young, yeah. And like, it was a show that went on for a while. So it's not like, you know, it was like a year out of your life. No, totally. And like, at some point you like, you know, you're young and you're like, I just want to test how far I can go. You know, it's like, it's so funny and weird, but for the most part, we were pretty good. We were pretty good. Okay, wait, so F it. This isn't on the question list, but like we need to just talk about it because I feel like if you're listening to this episode, obviously you're like a fan of Jenna and maybe you want to know more about like the Glee cycle of filming. Can you walk us through like what you were doing on any given day? Because I think about how much music y'all pumped out, choreography, then literally filming every episode. Yeah. It sounds like complete madness. It was. It truly was. In the beginning, which is when it was the craziest, 
we call them super glee days. So you get to work around 5.30, you go into hair and makeup, you rehearse the scene, you go back and they light it, right? And they're lighting it. And then you do the scene. Some choir room scenes take four hours. Musical numbers usually take about eight. You shoot the scene. At lunch, you get shuttled in a van and you go to the recording studio. You put down your parts of a song during your lunch. You come back, you get rehearsed for another scene, you get touched up, and then you go and you are rehearsing for a musical number for the next episode. So in the middle of shooting the scenes and the turnarounds, you'd be going and running to the rehearsal studio. Or you'd be going for a fitting because we normally had about, I would say the average changes was probably about nine costumes per episode. And then if you're doing something like Lady Gaga, where they're building bubble costumes for you, there's multiple, multiple fittings. And then you go and you shoot more and then you go and you go rehearse more and then you go to sleep and literally you go like this and then you wake up and you go back. <laughs> that is complete effing madness. How many months out of the year were you filming? 10. Oh my. And on weekends in the beginning when we were really big, we had photo shoots on the weekends, press shoots, photo shoots, magazine shoots. So, and luckily we all liked each other. So like, it was kind of like, well, we would even shoot like 12, 14 hour days and we would go home and like hang out at each other's houses afterwards because we like liked each other that much. Oh my God, that that would be my dream. That would have been my literal dream. I remember going to the Barnes and Noble at the Grove for like a like a press event, but as a fan, not to cover. That was early on. We really liked that one. I loved that one. That was really fun. That was on a weekend. <laughs> it was on a weekend. It was really crazy. It was like 10 months out of the year and then, or nine months and then we'd go tour. The second tour we did was 16 cities in six weeks. And we did international as well. We did two weeks in London, a weekend in Ireland. It was madness. I mean, we had four days to learn the tour. Because like, you know, you're like, oh, I think I remember this. I think I remember this song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's no wonder that you guys like are family. Like you love each other so much because you spend more time with each other than your actual family. That's exactly it. I mean... It was a rocket ship to space. We were like off and running. And then, you know, it, it, it slowed down towards the end when things kind of got split up in the show and people started to leave. You know, like our connection never did split up. Like we always knew what was going on. And yeah, it was easier. You know, there used to be like all of these stories about everybody hating each other and pitting against each other. And like truly it was, none of them were true because- it was hard. It was a more work for us to fight than it was to just get along, um, honestly. But we knew how to push each other's buttons for sure. <laughs> Who pushed your buttons, Jenna? You know, <laughs> gosh, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there are people who really like to push my buttons. Court Overstreet loves to push my buttons. Oh, Court. But in the best way, you know, you're like, <laughs> I can't hate you because you like, I love you so much. No, but we knew how to push each other's buttons. We knew also when to like leave each other alone. You're like, not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Whose buttons did you push? Everybody's. (laughs) I don't know, honestly. Probably cords back. (laughs) Jenna's the terror on set. (laughs) 
I'm sure we all had our days. Totally. All right. Um, I do want to ask this because you are a producer as well, which I think is just awesome. I love that you are just killing shit behind <laughs> the scenes too. You have a Tony, right? I do. Um, For producing Once on This Island. That's right. I mean, you know me. Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so now I'm Jenna and I'm telling everyone about Jenna. So as a producer, like what kind of projects are you looking to take on? Like what's important to you? Like when you're thinking about taking on something, like what is the first couple of things you think about? That's a good question. First of all, it's like the story and the storytelling and who are we telling it to? What is the message we're trying to get across? You know, who are we lifting up? Right. Like those are kind of the questions that I ask from like once on this island, which was incredibly diverse cast about a young Haitian girl. Right. So you're already you've got a woman at the helm of this story, you know, the inheritance, which, you know, we got nominated for that one. And that's an incredible, incredible story that, you know, kind of tells the story of this uh, LGBTQ group in New York and, you know, kind of the, like about the AIDS epidemic, even with Glee, right. You do what, you know, you write what, you know, the things that got me with Glee were like a lot of heart. And it also was like about the underdog. I love stories about the underdog because you're always wanting to root for them. So, yeah, I mean, it's uplifting stories that haven't been able to have a platform, you know, as an Asian American woman, I think it's like, I already lend to telling more um, diverse stories from my perspective or from somebody else's perspective, like helping them kind of with some semblance of an understanding. So that's kind of where, where I operate from as much as possible. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I, I think what you're doing is really awesome and I can't wait to see what else you continue to take on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun. And your trampoline business. I am obsessed with my trampoline. That is like how you stay fit. You were going to um, training mate before, but then like obviously we did training. We did training mate. And that's when I told Jen I was pregnant. She was like one of the first people I told because I was like very early on. And I was like, I can't like lift a lot of heavy things because I'm like pregnant. But then you are like doing the trampoline workouts. Did this like. I mean, you were already fit, so I can't say it transformed your body, but like, what do you love about it so much? Yeah, you know, I think the thing that I love about this, and I do, I actually do, it's online, and then I do digital privates through Zoom. It's called The Ness, N-E-S-S. They have a studio in New York, and obviously, like most fitness gyms had to kind of pivot during the pandemic. So they created this digital library. Here's the thing, like, I've always been fit. I love group classes. I love the energy that you get. But I was, you know, as we all kind of were like, well, how do we stay fit and do this in our homes? I fell in love with the idea of like cutting out the transportation time. Like I love getting on my trampoline, getting off and then getting in the shower. It's like a dream come true. You can take it anywhere with you, which I also love. And the actual classes are hard, but any level can really do them. It's like, it looks really intimidating. Like I was terrified when I first started and it's like a mind body exercise. I think that's it. It it goes by so fast because you're working choreography and you're building like a dance, if you will, throughout the whole class, like a combo. So your brain is clicked in. If you click out, you're 
F. Like, that's it. So you're not only like, it is all core. It is an incredible amount of legwork and like amazing cardio. I don't know that I've ever had my heart rate up this high. Like it's just, I've been the best shape that I think I've been in all of the pandemic, but it's really fun. Like I look forward to it. It, I'm not sick of it yet. You do one workout for too long and you're like, okay, give me something else. But these, like the combo is never the same. You never feel the same getting on your trampoline every day. Like you never feel the same doing a workout every day. So it's a little bit different. So that's, I could go on and on forever about this. but I love it. Well, you look good, girl. Yeah, exactly. It's working. And I wanted to get one during COVID, but it was like all sold out because everyone was trying to buy a freaking trampoline. So maybe I'll try again. I'll try again now. Oh, no. You should. I'll send you a link. It's um, Jump Sport is the company that makes the trampolines, makes the Nest trampoline. They have the patent to like fitness trampolines. So it's the spot to go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hit me with the link, Jenna. (laughs) <laughs> I will. Okay. Speed round time. Woo, 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 woo. We're reaching the end of this interview. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll let you go soon, Jenna. But now we have speed. <laughs> we have speed round. I love it. Answers as long or as short as you would like them to be. And if we want more explanation, we will definitely say, okay, give it to us. So first question, you've been in the industry for a long time. So what's your favorite role that you've ever played? Well, there's favorite role and there's favorite project, right? So I think Tina's obviously got to be my favorite role, just being able to have so much time with her because things go so fast with other projects. And one of my favorite projects was Hello Again. It was a musical movie based off of a musical. And it was like one of those roles you're like, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this one. It felt good the whole way through. Amazing. I have to watch that. What is your favorite song to sing at karaoke? Oh, no. We just did karaoke <laughs> recently. I love singing Celine Dion. I'm not good at it, but I love it. <laughs> um, and also, I will survive. I mean, classic. I'm sure you're great at it. I would love a performance. No, not Celine. Not Celine. <laughs> Definitely not. She's like, we're not going there. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Did you keep anything from Glee? Yeah, we were all allowed to take one thing. So I I took the cloth off of the choir room wall. Oh, that's in my office. I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm like, what would I take from the Glee set? I'm like, just like, catch me if you can, bitches. Took everything. You should put Jenna Jenna in her pocket. Run um, okay. <laughs> Weirdest glee couple. Tina Cohen Chang and Blaine Anderson. Cause Darren's character was gay. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yes, he was. <laughs> okay, as the the resident president of the <laughs> Gleek fan club, who literally has maybe an offensive amount of glee songs on my Spotify and my Apple my iTunes. What is your favorite Glee number? Something y'all you performed or just something that you really loved? And then what is your least favorite? Okay. This is specific to me performing and not performing because I think that's only fair. Um, I Gangnam style was probably my worst. It was really <laughs> bad. It was really hard, you guys. It was really, really hard. And it just wasn't good. And then <laughs> one of my favorites 
actually two of my favorites were both Florence and the Machine songs. So Shake It Out was one of my favorites. Any chance to sing with Amber and I was like dream come true. And then also Dog Days because like Amber again, you know. <laughs> I am a Amber Riley yeah, stan as so well. So am I. So we yeah. love to see it. Okay, <laughs> last question. What is the craziest Glee rumor you've ever heard? Her mouth just literally like was wide open. Like, oh my God, what? Like how? You know, we had some really weird rumors. <laughs> I mean like weird rumors. <laughs> there was a really funny tabloid that came out about me and Leah once. And it's because we were vegetarians at the time. I was a vegetarian early on during the show. No longer am. But we made that choice. Then a tabloid came out that it was seen that Jenna and Leah were like scarfing down ribs at a barbecue spot one day. We absolutely were not. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, this is news. This is news. It was really strange. You're famous. Um, I could think of about a million talking about they're just like us. They eat ribs. Even though they're vegetarians. (laughs) Even though they're vegetarians. We asked that question because the Glee wiki, like it's like Glee fandom wiki is absolutely Wild. insane. Are there rumors? There there were some, but more so like the factoids about like every cast member. Are, they're just like, oh no, why do we need to know this? Or like, where did you even come up with this? I highly suggest you take a walk down memory lane. What was the weirdest one? Oh my God. I don't even know. I need to like pull it back up because I remember being like, I'm not going to ask about this because this is clearly like look. something she said in jest yeah. and it's I'm like sure. a factoid on yeah. the website. That's usually yes, yes. the way it works. <laughs> well, Jenna, we loved having you. This <laughs> was so you. much fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Where can we find you? What should we be looking out for from you? Tell us all the tea. You know, you can go check out the Brides article since it's new. We just launched the new, their very first digital issue. So it's very exciting um, to learn more about our wedding. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Ushkowitz, just the way it sounds. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) U-S-H-K-O-W-I-T-Z. I'm officially now Jenna Stanley. So it's a change, which is nice. But I'm still Jenna Ushkowitz forever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Forever. Everyone, thank you for listening to this episode with Jenna. If you like this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and then, of course, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. Join our Facebook group and then find every product that Jenna mentioned in this episode on our website. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.